Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Iron Brew Podcasting Conversation Series. Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard, Matt Ellis. And it's another recent player that we're chatting to today. And I think this one's going to be really interesting, actually. It's former Scunthorpe striker Tom Hopper. Tom, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you all? Yeah, very good, thank you. Uh, let's start right at the beginning. So Boston United, you're in their youth team. It's your hometown club. So what was that like starting off your football career there? Yeah, I mean, for me, football, well, it was always, obviously, I enjoyed doing it. Um, and I only really started Sunday League and then obviously ended up going to Boston because one of the coaches from sort of the local Sunday side went there. But all for my, for my family education was always the priority. Um, so I sort of went to school and escaped. This and it was always like looking at university um, until obviously then I sort of progressed at Boston and sort of made an appearance of the first team and then it sort of led on then to obviously to going to Leicester. And obviously you became Boston's youngest ever player, obviously not at a great level, but that must have been an honour for you to obviously be the uh, youngest player for your hometown club. Yeah, of course. You know, it's brilliant. Like Obviously growing up in the area, sort of that and the, the family living there and having the bit, home, like family business there and so all, my, all my friends, school friends and that all being around that sort of then the age I was to sort of, it was weird to be honest at some respects because obviously I was only, I was a 15 and um, sort of going into school the next day, like obviously straight back into school, back into GCSEs and all getting ready for that. Um, so it was strange, but obviously, yeah, love that. And I think it still stands. I'm not too sure. Uh, but in 2010, that's when you spotted for Leicester City and signed there. So obviously we'll go on to your professional contract a little bit later on, but what was the initial experience like at that club? Yeah, no, brilliant. I mean, I went on trial. I actually went on trial at Coventry and Wolves as well. And actually, I had I, probably the worst I did on trial was at Leicester, but it was the one club that I really liked. And it was just sort of a really good sort of atmosphere around the place and, and the feel for the club was really good. And, you know, I was sort of hoping that they'd offer me something and in the end they did. But yeah, no, Leicester's, Leicester was great for like a young lad coming up and it wasn't too far from home as well. Because obviously, I'd never left home. Um, so, so it was perfect for me. A year late, you signed professional terms. And, you know, what was that like to sign for such a big club? But he's a bit of a sleeping giant, wasn't he, at that point? Oh, massively, because I think they'd only probably had, obviously, hadn't been long before that come out of League One. And then sort of, you could sort of, you could always sense, sense or sort of the, the way the club wanted to go um, and how it wanted to progress. And, and just to be on the sort of the first sort of rung of the ladder there, to be sort of, to see that first time was, was amazing. And, and I think it was just like the coaches there, the lads. It was the, the environment was brilliant um, for a young for a young player coming through because you, what they did well there was you were such good interaction with the first team. So you were sort of cleaning the boots, you were doing the jobs, you sort of had to knock on the manager's door to ask what equipment he wanted setting out for training that day, and you sort of had, I wouldn't say you had the piss taken out of you, but you uh, you were sort of thrown in a bit with with sort of doing your jobs with the first team, and you sort of had to sink or swim at times, but. That interaction, I think, only benefited for when you ever did go up and train with the lads, uh, the first team lads. Yeah, there was obviously quite a few uh, big name managers there. Sven was there for a time, and then obviously Nigel Pearson. And um, reading, kind of doing a bit of research before this, he was really impressed with you in the in the youth team and things like that. Um, he obviously had a spell at Hall, so we've kind of heard him on radio and things like that. And he, he sometimes 
does come across a bit dour, I suppose. Um, but how did you find him as, as a manager and, and as a person? Um, I thought he was brilliant. I'll be honest. Um, I can see I can see why people may think that um, from his interviews, but I think that is very much in front of the camera. Away from that, he is almost like a father figure to to the group, and he sort of you know he he has that sort of stern sort of personality that comes across sometimes in the media. But he's he, he can have that. Don't get me wrong, because um, I've sort of seen that firsthand where. He sort of dished that out to people, and uh, but he also, yeah, he was brilliant, sort of uh, getting an arm around lads, and and like I say, again, back to the atmosphere, he just sort of wanted that real friendly, friendly sort of environment to train and to work in, and and obviously, you know, it did benefit the club. Do you think he got the credit he deserved? Because obviously, he did put the foundations in place for eventually the um, the Premier League title. So, do you think he got the credit he deserved? Probably not as much as he should, but he. He did create that environment, you know, like, like I said, with the staff and, and the players he brought in. And you know, the, the foundations were, I, I guess you can say, set by him. Yeah, he probably didn't get the credit he deserved. But I think I think a lot of people recognise it. Uh, maybe not as many as they should, but I think a lot of people do. And I'm sure people at the club still do as well. So in uh, August 2014, you were on the bench for Leicester in um, two Premier League games. How good was that? Um, it must have been pretty good experience, considering you'd obviously worked your way through the academy, and obviously we, we kind of we know Leicester, don't we? Is a team that pr- promotes you know good young English players as well, so that must have been a pretty good experience. Yeah, it's so surreal. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I think it was Chelsea away was one of them, and I think I was on the side. I think Lampard might have been on the bench. I was Jogber, I think. I think I was running up and down the side with them two, and I thought this isn't right. Yeah, almost sort of having to pinch yourself. Because as a young lad, obviously the dream is to go and sort of represent the first team, and then when you get to the sort of being on the bench in the Premier League at a place like that, it's it's crazy, and you know it's something that still lives long in the memory. And I think it, again, it was just a bit of a blur to be honest, just seeing all these sort of big names and you know just running around, sort of just trying to take it all in as much as I could. Um, but no, great experience and. Obviously, even though I didn't get on the pitch, it was just lovely just to be part of that. And again, I think that probably credit to the manager for sort of bringing me into that group and sort of giving me a taste of it. So as Matt said, that's in August 2014. And then fast forward a little bit to January 2015. And that's your first experience with Scunthorpe United. You joined initially on a month's loan. Uh, so we're interested how this came about. Because I think we had a friendly against the Leicester under-23s that summer in the pre-season. Uh, and I think the reason was to look for a couple of young players, things like that, see if we could take any on loan. Do you know if you were spotted off the back of that? I'm unsure, actually, if I was. Um... I know, I know Nigel Pearson, obviously the manager at the time, was is good friends with Mark Robbins, and so I remember sort of when I was at Leicester and Nigel Pearson came into his office because in that pre-season I'd also played a, a bit of centre half, and uh, he sort of said to me, right, what do you want to do? Do you want to play centre half and stay here and learn and try and become a centre half, or do you want to go out on loan to Scunthorpe and as a striker? Because you know that is, there's that options there if you want it. Um, I don't know whether the 23s game. I don't think I played too badly in it. Um, I think I played left wing actually, if I remember right. I remember playing up against uh, Gary McSheffrey. Um So I'm not sure whether anything would have come from that, but I, I'd imagine it'd be more down to the Mark Robbins Nigel Pearson link. There's also the link with um, our chairman, obviously Peter Swan. He's got a lot of links with Leicester. Every time we've spoken to him, you know that's something that he brought up, and especially at the time, you know he was, he was keen to suggest that we would have a partnership with that club I, I don't know maybe was was he a figure that you were aware of at the time and maybe he had something to do with that move not so much at the time again like I say it was more more the Mark Robbins link um, but obviously I was made well aware when I sort of first met the chairman and 
and the family that they're, they're, they're sort of they do follow Leicester quite a bit. I think one of their sons, a season ticket holder there, and do have links with Leicester. And obviously, I think is is the chairman's wife from Leicester. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, or from the area maybe. So they do obviously, yeah. There's connections there, but that, that wasn't the link at the time. Obviously, you had a great start to your career at Scunthorpe. You're scoring that four-one win at Walsall, and I think that was the time we kind of started turning the corner perhaps maybe the month before you came in, but then obviously it carried on and uh, we were quite good for a couple of months. So obviously that was a good time to come in. Did that make it a little bit easier to settle in? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, obviously coming into a, a side that's on sort of picking up a bit of momentum is so much easier, especially as a striker. You know, you and I think we signed Jacob Murphy as well. So we were creating chances, for, which is what you want as a striker. And, you know, the opportunities were there. So it did make it a lot, a lot easier to come into for sure. And yeah, I guess to hit hit the ground running with a goal as well always helps. Well, Matt said you had a hell of a start, four goals in four games and the loan spell was extended. At that point, was it kind of a case of just getting some game time at a decent level or did you kind of think at that point that, you know, in, in the back of your mind, it might be a good idea to kind of move away from Leicester to that kind of level, given that they had so many strikers in the Premier League? Um, no, I think my main priority was just obviously to play games, um, to, play, to come out and play first team games. And um, there's only so much sort of, being on the on the fringes of another first team higher up, you can do so. It might might be in the back of my mind a bit more, but yeah, I think I think it was prior to watch to play games. I think I ended up breaking my toe in. I think it was a late Orient one. We won four one. I think I got stood on by Nathan uh, Nathan Clark, and I ended up. So that was sort of killed me really for the rest of my loan spell because I was having to have injections for every game, and I couldn't I couldn't actually uh, sort of train in the week. I was just sort of in flip flops on a bike all week. Um, but I didn't want to go back and sort of cancel because I was doing, I was doing, I felt like I was doing well. So I wanted to sort of stay, keep trying to score. And I think I ended up obviously didn't scoring again, just getting injections and injections until I just couldn't take it anymore. I think at that time there was, you know, quite a number of uh, loanies. That, uh, you know, we've got Luke, Luke Williams, Liam O'Neill, Isaiah Osborne as well. Uh, you know, we were playing some good football with players like that in the squad. What are your memories of that time and, and playing with those types of players? Yeah, no, very, very fun because I think my only previous loan to so that was Berry, which was um, wasn't very much enjoyable at all, to be honest. So, you know, I love I love coming in at Scunthorpe on loan because it, again, it's it was not far from sort of where I'm from, and you, know, you sort of see a lot more of your family supporting you a lot more, and and that was nice. And obviously, there was a lot of young young loanees there as well, which sort of I think made it easier for myself being a young lad at the time. Um, and the dressing room, you know, it was still a Still a really good dressing room with obviously a mixture of experience and youth, but you know, there was that, a lot of that young lads there, which made it very, like I say, very much easier to come into and, and perform. Was there ever a feeling we could potentially make the playoffs, given that couple of good, you know, that two-month run? Um, there was certainly, I think, a, a feeling amongst the fans that it could be the case, but obviously it never materialised. I mean, I don't think there was any talk of it in the squad, to be honest, at the time. I think it was a case of trying to put a run together to sort of solidify our position at the time. Because I think, it, if I remember rightly, it became a bit sort of close um, towards the end of the season. Um, it was just a case of you know, putting putting some good, good wins together and then seeing where that takes us. I don't think we ever talked about anything sort of materialising to potentially, potentially playoffs, um, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Yeah, it sounds strange, but for me, there were a couple of really enjoyable games that season. I, th- I think you mentioned one in Leighton Orient, and there were a couple of other big away wins as well. Was it a little bit frustrating that we could perform that well sometimes, and then other times we just couldn't quite get it together? Yeah, of course. But you know, I think I think sort of sitting here now, sort of five years on or whatever it is, with a bit more sort of experience in football, I think I think you sort of look back and think, well, we did have quite a young squad at times, and. 
and that sometimes you know it can be your downfall to a certain degree if you because obviously consistency is the main thing especially in league one you know it's such a sort of frantic league and week week to week it's intense it's you have to be sort of a bit rough and tumble at times and I think and I think probably that was our bit of a sort of sticky patch for us was sort of trying to find that consistency which is sometimes difficult for the young squad Ultimately we finished 16th and it was a little bit of a strange one I think because obviously we had a really good period under Robbins but it kind it seemed to kind of wear off a little bit in February why do you think that was? I'm not too sure I mean obviously I was only there wasn't there too long but I, I think I think there was a lot there was a bit of a rotating door of players in and out it seemed like anyway um, sort of there was a lot of sort of chopping and changing maybe with the with the team at times because obviously I think we'd had a few injuries that weren't, didn't help us and then I think I think the key is obviously finding that consistency um, with the team with the team and players that you have available to you and then obviously then players have to then match that with performances but I think I mean from what I remember training was enjoyable there was never any issues really with that you know training was always good fun um, and sort of well thought out and you know I got on really well with the assistant Ned as well Ned Kelly. Um, so there's always a good laugh and joke in that as well, which I think is important. Uh, Robbins is obviously given a bit of a, you know, given a chance to put his own stamp on the team. And I think this is the first time Peter Swan really put some money towards the, the squad. Um, you would get players like Jack King, you know, Scott Laird, Scott Wiseman. Uh, they're all coming in. Uh, what, do you remember what the aim was that summer? Yeah, it was ultimately, it was promotion. You know, it was that, was that we were pretty clear about that. But, you know, like you say, there was a, some players coming in, money was being spent. Um, good amount of players coming in as well so you know I think we all knew even before that was even mentioned that with this sort of amount of players coming in and the money being spent that ultimately there is one sort of goal and that is is to get promoted and obviously that's what we all sort of worked hard or tried to work hard towards How did you find Robbins as a manager then when you were at Scunthorpe he's obviously going really well at Coventry at the minute you know I think probably his best season the manager that we see and obviously his first time Coventry being promoted in pretty much forever and it didn't quite work for him at Scunthorpe did it so why do you think that was was it was it kind of the inconsistency and and maybe the chopping and changing of, of player personnel or was it something else I mean I really liked him I really liked him um still do so occasionally when I see him sort of when I played against him I'll have a chat with him um because obviously you know I feel I, when a manager brings you in you know they sort of you know you feel almost like you're wanted which is always really nice as a player um and he, and he, I think he, he believed in me, which was which was really good. But like I said, I think I think we just brought so many players in, which probably needed longer than it did to gel. Um, and we sort of tried. I think probably a downfall was probably trying a couple of different formations. So I think we tried the three was it three five two, um, which probably didn't suit us um, with the players we had. Um, but we sort of probably persisted with it a bit too long, and then obviously then it's a slippery slope. Then once you sort of Changing, changing formations and losing games, it's suddenly hard to sort of climb away from that. That's something you do arrive uh, back at Scunthorpe and it was after the incident over in uh, Thailand on tour with Leicester. Yeah. Um, you, you obviously sacked on the back of that. Did you understand the reasons behind it at the time? And I suppose it was in the press really quickly after it had happened and, and the footage had, had kind of surfaced online. When you saw that and when you realised it had made you know, the news and it, it was such a big story, how did, how did you all feel? Yeah, no, obviously it was a really silly time, sort of from from people involved point of view, you know, it was stupid and, you know, big a big lesson, you know, I realised very quickly, you know, the sort of the outcome of that before it even hit the press, you know, I was very sort of, I would say prepared because you're never sort of prepared for things like that to come out, but, you know, I was sort of well aware that this isn't going to end well for me personally. 
and you know, I think I think I had to grow up really quickly. Um, I had no choice, and you know, like I said, lessons, valuable lessons were learned, and you know, it was a it was a difficult time, but you know, one that you have to face up to and take it on the chin and admit you sort of you've messed up and and, and try and get on with it. And you know, I was I was very very fortunate that. So I had a very supportive family and, and in all fairness to Leicester, although they sacked me, they were still very sort of much trying to help me and look after me as much as they could and protect me from it all. Um, so I'll never have a bad word to say about them. And and then obviously, obviously having been on loan at Scunthorpe before that happened, I sort of, when the opportunity came to come back to Scunthorpe, it was a, it was a no-brainer for me because at the time I was sort of unsure about, oh, well, do I want to go back into football again? After, after all this, it's not, I'm going to get so much stick and kind of take it and, I think the beauty of being alone at Scunthorpe the season before was that I sort of didn't have to prove myself, sort of my character to anyone in the dressing room or the club, because um, they knew me. Um, so it'd be easier walking into the into that into the dressing room like that, and you know, it would, you know, I don't have to prove who I am to anyone. Was that something you considered then, like stopping football altogether? I mean, there was definitely a time where I was sort of sat at home in my room for when it was all pretty fresh, thinking, thinking, what am I going to do? Do I, uh, Football maybe maybe it's not for me to go back into this now. Maybe I just want to hide away from it all. Um, but you know, I, I sort of I actually it was actually a conversation from Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank fairly soon after it. He sort of had a really good conversation with me, and because he wanted me to go to Burton at the time, and uh, and it was just sort of how he sort of approached it and how he sort of described it as though we all make mistakes and you know how it's almost sort of saying how fickle football is, which is not wrong. And it really sort of perked me up again to sort of interest in football again. And then obviously I, I was Scunthorpe was sort of well aware of the interest there. So I actually I was surprised actually. I did have quite a few options, and um, I was almost it sort of that sort of typified to me sort of how fickle football is because I guess it's one person's loss is another one's gain to to a certain degree. And I think that sort of like right, well, I'm going to prove 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 sort of prove I'm not sort of the character that's been portrayed and, you know, make things, try and make things as right as I can do. It must have put um, Pierce in a bit of a difficult position because, of course, you said you had a, a good relationship with him and obviously his son was involved as well. So it must have been a pretty difficult kind of way for him to deal with that as well, I suppose. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, you know, I, I remember writing a letter to him to sort of apologise for sort of his position that he'd been put in um, by us. Um, and I was obviously, I got on well with his son as well and, you know, it was a it was a stupid time. You know, it was it was a difficult time for everyone involved, and and like you say, it was. I'm sure it would have been a very difficult position for Nigel. Um, um, but you know, I think he again tried to act like a father figure to us all, even though we'd we'd messed up massively. Um, he did try and sort of give us as much protection as he possibly could. Moving on to that season, then, and I think the bad run of form continued really, if you like, and. Uh, Robbins was ultimately sacked and I think the fans potentially turned on him quite quickly and it may may have been that again a bit like Pearson I suppose in his interviews he he was quite dour and he, he wasn't too animated on the dug in the, on the touchline and in the dugout um personally I mean what would you prefer like maybe a can manager on the touchline or, or someone really animated getting behind the players and, and trying to motivate them I mean I've always responded well to sort of vocal vocal manager on the sideline but I think with with Mark Robbins we always we always knew the character he was even though again like I say in the press he might come across differently but we could always tell like if we were going to get it at half time in the dressing room or after a game from him you know and there's many there's plenty of times we did and 
So I think there was always there was always respect there between the players and and, and himself. So I think again that was him his way of sort of handling the media and if you like how he sort of came across in the press. Um, but on again away from that it was very different. Um, but I think I think I've always yeah responded well to a vocal manager on the sideline. Almost sort of has to strike a bit of fear into me. And so, as we say, that bad run does continue into 2015, 16, and and uh, Robbins is ultimately sacked. And of course, Nick Dawes comes in with Andy Dawson, and then we go on another good run. So, what was the reason for that? Do you think it was you know the new manager bounce that we always hear about, or did they approach things differently to him? I think I think there's got to be a bit of the new manager bounce, but I think they also because they obviously were were Mike Robbins's his team as well. Um, so there wasn't too many changes. I mean, they freshened up training a bit. Sort of, obviously, I think I think what's difficult is when you've sort of been on a losing run is to try and sort of spark a bit of life into the players again to sort of want them to enjoy enjoy training again. I think that's what they did well was they sort of they just sort of made it a bit more of a, a bit more fun in training, um, probably less less more, less tactics, more enjoyment, and I think it just sort of lifted the mood of everyone in, in the dressing room, which I think then sort of side sort of hand in hand sort of tied in with good results. Yeah, you mentioned that about making it a bit more fun and, and enjoyable. Do you think Robbins maybe overcomplicated it towards the end of his time? I think it's difficult for any manager when you go on a on a difficult run that you almost sort of have to do too much. You know, I've seen it a few times now where you sort of managers feel like they have to sort of like say overcomplicate it, but just they have to sort of be seen to sort of making making the most of the time on the training pitch you know, going through. So sort of covering covering all areas so there's no excuses at come the end of the day. But sometimes you I think sometimes players benefit more from, you know, like like I've just said, having it, having a bit more of a laugh and takes that stress away a bit of of worrying about losing, you know, and then you can find things sort of turn fairly quickly. I think. Us, uh, the club points Graham Alexander of the manager, and we're going a you know a pretty good run, and you know win the last six games to give us kind of an outside shot of the playoffs, and then given the kind of farce that happened with Wigan and Barnsley and the poor goalkeeping, um, we yeah, we kind of thought we'd done what we needed to do to get into the playoffs when we won at Sheffield United, so the players must have been pretty gutted after that kind of you know really good performance away at Sheffield United. Yeah, and I actually I actually still look back at that game at Sheffield United, and I always I actually see it as one of my favourite games. Bit to be involved in when I was at Scunthorpe because you know the atmosphere was really. We took so many fans there, um, obviously scoring, and I don't know. I just enjoy playing at, at Bramwell Lane, and and then I think it was almost like you have sort of both sides of it because then to come in the dressing room after all, to hear the lads on the side saying no, we've not 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 done it. We were like, you know, it's gutting as well at the same time as well as, as well as loving the occasion that day because it was such a great atmosphere. And yeah, it was. You know, I think we all know. Like we can, all, we all saw what happened with the goalkeeper. Got to put his gloves on up at Wigan. So, you know, it's a tough one to take. But football, football. You know, it's a it's a long season. You got to find yourself in there at the end of it. Unfortunately, we didn't. I think from a personal point of view, that was probably one of my favourite games for for a long time. Really, I think you summed it up really well. And I think for most fans, there was a real sense of being proud of, of the team. And we'd not had that for a few years. Obviously, we'd had, we'd had the promotion from League Two, but that was kind of a... We kind of struggled our way to promotion. And then the next couple of seasons weren't too great. And I think Alexander was back. He obviously had a real connection with the club and, and the town as well. And I think there was definitely a feeling that we may have been on the cusp of something a little bit special. Um, did you feel that as a group after that game, you know, going into the next season that, you know, we, we could have something special here. Yeah, I think I think like you sort of, sort of nailed it there. I think I think when we were sort of coming over to the fans at the end of that Sheffield United game, obviously the end of the season, 
And I did feel like there was sort of sort of like a bond that had been formed between sort of the group and obviously the manager having his own sort of bond with the with the fans, obviously being a legend at the club. And, and I think that was yeah, a real smart appointment to sort of lift the club, and it did. Um, and I felt I think it felt like you say like that player, the players were sort of having a sort of connection with with the fans, which is obviously just as important. And and I think I think we felt like it was a big summer, you know, because I thought lads are going. I think we all went away on our summer that that year thinking. We're going to have to come back in fit here because it's a it's going to be a tough pre season and I think b we're going to have a, we're going to have a good right go at it um, and I think we were I was pretty spot on I think thinking that so then just on a personal level how do you reflect back on that season you know, given it's your first full season with Scunthorpe United you said earlier consider it as like a sort of second chance in football I think it's eight goals in thirty six games I think for you and you obviously miss a couple of months uh, out with injury as well so how do you reflect back on that season as a whole. I think I think again. I think obviously it took me a while to get my first goal. I think it took, might have took me twelve games to get a, a goal that season. I think it was, might have been Barnsley at home where I had it gifted to me, and I think that and just get my shoulder the same game. So it was a real topsy turvy year. But I think I think it was I just it was really nice to sort of be part of something. You know, it was such a good like feeling around the club, especially at the end of that season, to sort of feel like we were part of something that was going to progress. And then obviously going away, you sort of. I think it, again, it was probably a bit of relief knowing that I, if I look back and then over the sort of eighteen months of knowing that, yeah, I, it was the right decision to sort of go back into football, and you know, hindsight's a lovely thing, and and it was sort of, yeah, I'd, I'd go with saying relief and, in, and sort of almost then even more looking forward to the next season. Course we we get into that so as you kind of like I remember going to the game at Sheffield United and thinking you know if if we don't manage to go up today you know it's it's going to be next season with this team and I kind of we expected the team to then hit the hit the kind of ground running next year and I assume that was the aim you know to carry on with the momentum so it was it a tough pre-season then under Alexander because I assume he wanted to get everybody fighting fit and ready to go straight away because that kind of we thought the key was that if we kept the momentum up then we'd have a good chance next season. Yeah, no, absolutely that, and I think. Probably, I'd still say it's probably one of the hardest pre-seasons to date as a Graham Alexander pre-season. Um, you know, he's obviously played a lot of games as a player himself and and he was he was fit as anything. I think we went over to Austria and it was, you know, it was the early mornings running around the river and back for breakfast and back out running again and training, lunch, gym, train, sit in a river, freezing cold. But, you know, I think we were so isolated up in, the, in Austria, Austria, it was like, it was perfect for what we had as a team and I think it sort of it really set us up to sort of to start that season and, and sort of to get off to a good start. With Paddy Madden injured, it was a chance for you to kind of um, have a bit of a run in the team alongside Kev and as fans, I think, well, personally, I think that he was probably your best strike partner during your time at the club. Um, how did you feel that went, that, that kind of spell early in that season? Yeah, I think I got off to, I feel like I got off to an all right start and I think playing with Kev as well, I really enjoyed because you know, obviously, everyone's well aware of the ability he has, and I always felt like I always felt like I knew Kev because I got on, got on really well with him off the pitch. That I felt like I knew how he sort of how he ticked, so I felt like I could probably get get as much out of him as anyone by sort of saying the right things to him. And, and I knew, obviously, then with the ability he has, he can always create a chance for me. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If not for the team. Yeah, you talk about your partnership with Kev there. What about the team as, as a whole, really, on that early on in the season? Because we're playing some really good stuff. And, you know, there's, there's some big wins against, you know, I think, Bristol, Gillingham, Walsall as well. And some great goals in there as well. So what was it like just to play in that team that we're doing so well at the time? Oh, it was brilliant. Obviously, we had so many so many good players. And I think I think that all stemmed from the pre-season. I think any player that, whether they'd been starting on the bench, come away from being injured, they knew they knew their role. They knew if they went into a certain position, where they'd be expected to be at certain times. And and I think it just really developed onto the pitch. And we sort of seemed like we were going from strength to strength. And, and you know, just to be part of that and sort of, it was almost like, you know, cogs in motion. It was just, it was just almost seamless at times, sort of everything working working how it should and you know I think we were so fit as well that we just felt like we could run all over any team and then with the ability that some of the lads had it was just even more like luxury to play in. A game that sticks out for us at this time is is the 2-1 away win at Bury. I remember going myself and it was a really good atmosphere we took a lot of fans and of course uh, Josh Morris got that screamer from just outside the area to win it about the 60th minute didn't he? So what was that like for a game to play in at the top of the table clash when, when kind of both teams were really on top form? Yeah, I just got goosebumps thinking about it actually. Because obviously, they, I think they'd had a good bit of a go as well that summer and sort of signing players. And, you know, it was always, it's always a horrible place to go, Barry, you know, any time of the year. And, and obviously, to go and do it in the fashion that we had last minute, you know, it was a real roasting hot day and we'd put an absolute shift in. And, and I, yeah, it was, I think that probably sort of typified where, where we wanted to be that season. And to go to places like Bury, you know, we knew we knew we were good at home. We knew we knew we were going to be good at Glamford Park on, on our pitch, and it's a tight pitch, and the way we wanted to play, you know, it suited us. But to then go and do that away at, at places like Bury was always going to be difficult. But then I think that sort of gave us that confidence of being able to go and do that. I think the, the big thing the fans would like to know is kind of what happened after Christmas that season because something clearly impacted the team. Uh, we maybe got stuck in a little rut and we couldn't quite get out of it. So yeah, um, what do you put that down to? You know, I think there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, about was it contracts, or was that was that that year or year after? Yeah, yeah I think that year. Yeah, um, you know, there was a lot of there was probably a lot of conversations that should have been had behind the scenes rather than coming out public, sort of in the press. And you know, I think I think as players, as players, you always want to go out and win regardless. Because uh, I'm always of the belief that if you do do well enough on the pitch, the rest will take care of itself anyway. Um, so I think we all we all still wanted to to go and do that, but I think all that conversation and the talks and obviously you know different probably for myself. I don't have sort of children that and certain lads had had kids and families to look after and they wanted to secure their futures. Obviously after a good half good start of the season, and, you know it it became a bit I wouldn't say tense, but there was a bit of animosity. I think probably between and around the club at certain times. And but I think as a, as a group we were sort of we were really good in the fact that you know within the dressing room it was. It was, we were all still together regardless of what went on and I think that sort of probably didn't help but you know ultimately it's down to the down to the players still to go out and perform and, and as I just said you know if you do it on the pitch then you know it all gets sorted anyway which it didn't happen 
Yeah, and you yourself, you know, you get injured towards the end of that season, so you don't get to play a part in that run-up to the playoffs. Uh, but well, obviously we do pick up again. I guess the question really is, you know, were you disappointed, you know, just to be watching on for that? And then also when we realise that we do get Millwall, uh, do you feel like we had a chance against them going into the game? Obviously, I've got it, obviously, um, to, to get the injury because I've been playing on it for a while um, with sort of a stress fracture machine, which I knew... I knew as soon as I started feeling it what it was because um, I'd had it previously at Leicester and I'd sort of I was taking anti-inflammatories to get through training and matches. And, but yeah, then to obviously to miss out on obviously the build-up to the playoffs and to not to not help the team. And then I remember obviously travelling down to Millwall away with a few of us. I think it was four of us up there. I wouldn't say I fancied us, but I I always fancied us against anyone on, on our day. But I think Millwall was a, was a tough tie, especially going to their place first and. But obviously, to get the result we did, I think I thought it was good. I thought I thought after that game, you know, I fancy us here now. And I remember, I remember sitting at Glanford Park, obviously after after the game, after the sort of the second fixture, and I think it was me and Luke Williams. We were just sat sat with each other, sort of as all oh, players who came off the pitch, and we just looked at each other and said, "Never want to be in this position again." Sort of not being able to help the team to any in any any form or another, um, you know, being injured. It was just it was sickening, you know, obviously to see sort of how upset the boys were and how, how hard they'd obviously worked that, that end of the whole season, but especially the end of the season to get back into a place where they could fight for promotion and it was obviously gutting. I mean, I, I think looking for fans, looking back at, at the, the kind of players we had in the squad at that point, you know, players like Holmes and Paddy Kev, Tony, Morris Townsend, Wallace, especially, you know, proper top, kind of top tier players at that, at that level. How on earth did we not get promoted and kind of go into the next season, I think, a lot of fans thought that this is going to have to happen this season. It's shit or bust, really. And given that the money that was invested by the chairman in terms of, of t- trying to attain promotion, really. So I assume that was the aim moving into next season. It must have been. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, we had to, you know, like you just named all the players there. You know, some brilliant players that obviously some have, some have gone on to hire, fully deserved. But yeah, obviously off the back of sort of losing the playoffs, it was a case of right, well, Let's not leave it to the playoffs this, this year. You know, let's try and get it done automatically. And and uh, and again, back to Austria um, for pre-season. Ran our socks off. You know, real real hard work again. And you know, the squad again was fit and strong. And we wanted to try and better better the better season we just had because promotion was ultimately even more so the aim this year. Yeah, and maybe we don't quite hit the heights of last year with the start, but um, I think another addition to mention is probably Fonso Ojo because he looked a good player early on. What was uh, what was it like to sort of train and play with him? Yeah, no, Fonso was Fonso. You know, you, you can sort of you sort of tell straight away when he came in. You know, he had that I would hate to call it arrogance because it's not, but he had that air of confidence about him. You know how he played, and and I think that sort of radiated through the team. You know, he was sort of just oozed confidence in that. You know, and when he played, and I think he made it made people better around him. And you know, I think I think it was him and Bish was the players that they made, and like, you know, they dovetailed really well. You know, Bish obviously notorious hard worker, and and those League One in and out, inside and out, and you know, they sort of balanced off each other really well. Again, we kind of hit the buffers just after Christmas, don't we? And it's almost a, a carbon copy of the previous season. Um, you know, obviously Chris. Lacetti has just left to take the manager's job at Berry, and I think that we, we recently found out that you know that had much more of an impact than we originally thought it, it did because you know Alexander worked so well with him. Could you see that in the dressing room when he left? Yeah, you know, it definitely had a really big impact on on sort of the vibe and the atmosphere because sort of Chris Lacetti was sort of 
you know, he was obviously the gaffer's right-hand man at the time and he was sort of the voice between the dressing room and the manager, which I think as soon as as soon as soon you lose that, it's really difficult to then replace because, you know, obviously Chris had built up the trust of, of players throughout his time there and, you know, I don't can't blame him for wanting to go and try and try try as a, a managing at Barry, especially at Barry. Um, but you know, I think I think for the gaffer at the time, it you know it was a big loss, and, and I think that probably did portray onto the pitch eventually. What's that like mentally as a squad and as a player? Because as, as Matt said, it is just almost like an exact copy of the season previously. And obviously, as we know, in that season, we were, you know, we were top of the league for a long time. We fell to third, you know, at, around sort of Christmas time. Was there a feeling of, uh, you know, this, this might happen again? How do you sort of deal with that as players? Yeah, I think obviously, you know, you're going to start having a little worry and think, well, here we go again. Did run a bit of a sticky patch and, you know, whether that was down to, to Chris leaving or... You know, a combination of things potentially. You know, it's so hard to put your finger on. And, you know, I guess if, if I knew the answer to that, I'd probably be a manager in the top level right now. But, you know, it's uh, it was, yeah, it was definitely, I think in the dressing room, we were well aware of, like, here we go again. We're in the same spot as we were last year. And we wanted to sort of try and resurrect that sooner rather than later. I think there were probably a few strange decisions that maybe turn certain sections of the fans against Alexander. Um, I think Paddy Madden, it, it was clear that maybe those two didn't see eye to eye, really. You know, you could tell he wasn't happy on the pitch and it wasn't quite his usual self. And I suppose Murray Wallace as well, playing left back in, in favour of Connor Townsend. That was another one the fans weren't really sure on. Um, as players, did you get behind every decision he made or did you find yourself sat there maybe questioning it at times in the dressing room? Uh, I think ultimately, as a professional, you've got to get behind it. Um, but there definitely, there definitely would have been times where we may not have agreed as a group, but you know, you you, you sort of you have to get on with it. Um, you know, obviously Connor was is a great player and obviously wasn't playing much at that time. You know, he, he offered us so much, um, and yeah, there's a reason why he's gone on higher. Um, but you know, it was difficult. You know, we had a we did have a, a lot of good players in the squad, um, so to manage that. You know, you I guess obviously signings signings to come in. You've got to justify that as well, and it was a it was a real tough time. I think as a, as a group and as a dressing room for sure. Yeah, you mentioned signings coming in, but also you know some key players left as well. So you know, Kevin Paddy, they're both sold in January. Um, I think it looked like Madden did need a, a fresh start, you know, for reasons we just discussed about. But it, it, you know, Kev, he was scoring goals at the time. It did seem a little bit odd then. Obviously, we know he's, he's come back to some thoughts since, but. Uh, how much of an effect did you think that had on the uh, on the team? And you know, what, do you think in hindsight that was the wrong decision? Um, I think, like you said about Paddy, it was probably the right thing. You know, I think, and I think it's benefited him. Obviously, you know, it speaks for itself. His record since he's gone to Fleetwood. Um, but you know, I think to lose two players like that, you know, to lose Kev as well, you know, I think ultimately it's taken a lot of goals out of a team, and and also big character in the dressing room. So I think. I think, you know, we could have maybe done a bit better by only losing one of them, but to lose both of them, I think, yeah, I think, you know, any team at any level, if they lose two sort of two strikers who have a big impact on and off the pitch, it's, it's going to be difficult. Another player that, that got a bit of stick at that that time was was Josh Morris, and he was going through a little bit of a poor spell. Um, you know, it was, it's like turned on, perhaps turned on by the fans a little bit. And I think, you know, do you think that was a little bit harsh given his great spell the season before? And I kind of, when we look back on that, to see the kind of things that Josh Murray did and then look at our squad now, we kind of think that, you know, we, we were kind of sort of blessed to have players like that. So maybe the fans were a little bit fickle. How did it come across um, from the dressing room? 
you know, I think I think the group took a lot of stick during those tough times, which was obviously well deserved, and the fans have a right to voice their opinion at someone. And you know, but I don't think as players that we took it any bit personally. You know, I think we all knew felt like full well that obviously we hadn't been good enough. And but I think Josh, you know, as much as anyone has probably you know thickest skin of anyone I've known. Like he he'll take anything on the chin, and he will try to go out and try. You know, it's a harder work as anyone I've met as well, and he'll go out anywhere and try and try and prove a point and I think obviously looking back at how some of the goals he scored and sort of the good times you know he, he brought on match days to, to the club and you know I think I think fans obviously like you just said have a different opinion right now but I think to go and have three sort of wingers like Josh Hacks Dwayne you know and any teams that you know, are a joy to play with joy to watch and play with that second run Paul run um, ultimately Graham Alexander was sacked on the back of it um, I think people from outside maybe thought it was a crazy decision being fourth in the table and, and still in the playoff spots. But I think fans could understand it and quite a lot of the fans were kind of behind it, I think. Um, how did you feel about it at the time? You know, I think I think obviously losing Chris was a was a big impact on the on the club, um, probably more than anyone anyone imagined. So I think obviously as players we were worried about falling into the same trap we did last the year before. Um and, you know, ultimately it's as players, you're responsible, I guess, to a certain degree of, of a manager losing their job. And but you know, all we could do was sort of worry about how we were going to get out of this sort of sticky patch we were in. And unfortunately, obviously, it's never nice to see a manager lose his job. But you know, I think in hindsight, looking back now, it's obviously it must have been the right decision. Yeah, and then obviously, as happened before, you know, Nick Dawes, Andy Dawson, they come in, they do well again. It's, I think, six wins in the last six, which takes us into the playoffs. So this time around, you know, you are involved, although it's from the bench. And we seem to only be playing one striker, and of course, that's Ivan Tony. So how frustrating was it for you, you know, not to be able to impact those games and also playing one up top when, of course, we know how important strikers are? Yeah, no, it was probably one of the most frustrating times so far in my career because... I just felt like I was having a good season, especially around Christmas time, and and then in January it was a it was a, I had a bid accepted from a club for me in the in, in League Two it was, and and the Grand didn't want me to go, and so I, and I I was playing at the time, so I didn't, and so I was like, no, I want to stay and playing well, scoring goals, and and that, so I wanted to crack on, um, which I did, and I, I obviously and I, obviously Ivan was in there as well, and obviously you know Ivan. I was an unbelievable player, and you know, I, I felt like I could have had more impact. Especially, you know, even though I was coming off the bench, I felt like I could have been used a lot more. And yeah, you know, it, it was hard because I was fit, I was ready to go. I just felt like I was having a good, a fairly good season, and uh, it was, it was, yeah, I was playing second fiddle, um, which I guess someone had to in that, in that respect because of the way we were playing. But you know, it got us to you know to the playoffs again, I guess. When the bid came in, was there any kind of explanation from the club as to why they'd accepted it? No, it was to be honest. I actually only spoke with with the uh, Graham Alexander, and he said, you know, no, I don't want you to go. If you come in tomorrow morning, I'll be happy to see you. Um, and that was enough for me, really, at the time. So I was like, you know, done. You know, playing in League One at the time, scoring. Um, what? Why would I want to? Um, so that was that. That's that that summer. A lot of faces left the club, didn't they? Many moved to higher levels such as Holmes or Wilson and Townsend and Hacks, which has been expected, as we said earlier, you know, it was kind of that season where it was it was it was win or bust, wasn't it? Um kind of eventually you left. And did that that surprised quite a lot of fans, I think. And did you want to stay at that point? And if if so, why did the club release you? Well it's funny actually it was uh, just before Graham Alexander had been 
been sacked that there was talks about a new contract sorted. And then obviously the manager got sacked and that was sort of never really spoken about again. And I think coming down sort of that final stretch of the season, obviously not being involved anywhere near as much as I'd like to be, getting to this sort of the age of 24, thinking, right, well, maybe, you know, face doesn't fit here anymore. You know, obviously love love it at Scunthorpe and love my time there because, you know, it was a club that sort of almost, like you say, it was a second chance for me and, you know, I put everything into it and, and I think hopefully that showed on the pitch. But I think coming sort of to the end of that season, I think, like you say, all the players you just reeled off there about leaving, I thought, all right, well, this is going to be a very different look at the club next year and, you know, do I want to sort of play second fiddle to that? Uh, to sort of to, to that again and, and obviously then when it come down to it actually there was no contract there anyway um, so my sort of decision was made up and you know I think it was probably the right thing you know I think it allowed me to sort of be on a free transfer and you know off the back of a half decent season you know sort of be able to make make the right move that was good for my career I think that summer Peter Swan was obviously keen to kind of say Nick Dawes had deserved his chance his full-time chance at the job Um Obviously, it didn't work out and he was sacked pretty quickly. And it just felt like, as fans, you know, we didn't have enough players to play some friendly games. Um, it just felt like the kind of the wheels were falling off a little bit. Did you feel, obviously, you mentioned you saw those players moving on as well. Did you feel it was going to be a struggle for, for Scunthorpe that next season? I think, I think any, like I said, any club uh, losing, losing the likes of the players that Scun, Scunthorpe did, you know, and I think obviously with Nick taking the reins sort of full time. Um, you know, it was going to be a big test, you know, A, to sort of replace those players if, if and how you could. And then also, obviously, Nick being in his first sort of full-time managerial role, like, well, how, how attractive is that going to be to players? And sort of, especially when the club's just lost a lot of players themselves and, and off the, sort of the back of two seasons where they sort of come up short in the playoffs. You know, it was always going to be then, I think, a really tough ask for any manager um, to sort of try and rebuild a squad that to compete. So as you said, you know, you are one of the players that move on and you get the move to Southend. Uh, and so we'll, we'll touch on that, your time there briefly. Uh, I guess, first of all, was that difficult for you, you know, moving down there? Because I suppose all your other clubs has been, relatively speaking, quite local to you. Uh, and then, of course, you're moving a long way down there. You, again, you're hampered with injury while you're there, but you do have, you know, a great goal scoring run prior to that injury. And I think it's seven goals in 14, which might be your best spell anywhere in terms of goal per game. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, it was a... Uh... Like I said, it was a really important move for me. Um, and when I spoke to it was Chris Powell at the time, you know, it, it was all sort of geared up to play to play around me, um, which I think as a striker, you know, at the age I was at, you know, I really really wanted to kick on, and and it and it was sort of it was perfect. You know, set up for me, and you know, I wasn't too fussed about moving moving far from home. You know, at that point now, I was ready to sort of to go about a bit, and you know, obviously made it made it home down here now. And um, but yeah, no, I got off to a great start. Scoring and yeah, like, it would have been my best best sort of return for sure. Um, and I thought, you know, this is going to be brilliant. You know, we were doing all right in the league. I was scoring, and and obviously, yeah, then to do my ACL was devastating. Also, let's just talk a little bit about um, another striker. Um, he used to be on loan for Scunthorpe, Stephen Humphreys, and he kind of he didn't really hit off with the fans. I think a few thought he was a bit of a poser, and I think it kind of kicked off on on Twitter a little bit. He seems to have a lot of talent, but it didn't quite happen for him while he's here. Um, so, how how do you find him as to play with as a strike partner? Um, yeah, like you just said, he has all the talent. Um, but almost sometimes is which which sort of player in his head is he going to be that day, and you know 
I actually didn't actually only play with him a few times because he was sort of like the replacement brought in to replace me when I got injured. But sort of looking, you know, he has everything physically and ability-wise. But it was almost just like you wanted to sort of shake him sometimes, and because you know he could do he could do anything he wanted. Um, but I, you know, they also forget how young he is. You know, he's a young lad that you know he's got his mature and, and grow, and you know, hopefully with that experience and he'll be able to sort of fulfil his potential. Did you ever chat with him about your times at Scunthorpe United? Yeah, for sure. Because obviously we had a lot of sort of mutual mutual friends. Um, told me a few times about how we sort of fell out with a couple of lads at Scunny in training, um, who actually turned out to be a couple of my good mates. Um, so that was always quite fun. Um, but yeah, no, obviously knew everyone at the club who I did as well. So it was always nice to sh- sort of share share stories about people that sort of you've been with, which is always quite nice. I think it was Funso Ojo that mentioned about Humphreys, pretty much echoing what you've said there, that, you know, he had a lot of talent, but it just it just didn't happen at times. And even in training, you had to kind of really rile him up to, to get the best out of him. Um, but ultimately, on that final day, he just scored the goal that, that keeps Southend up and obviously Scunthorpe and Plymouth are relegated on the back of that. Um, from a personal perspective, was that a little bit bittersweet seeing Scunthorpe get relegated? Yeah, 100%. You know, obviously, but, you know, in a selfish kind of way, I was obviously glad that Southend stayed up and it sort of gave me a chance to sort of get back fit and, and get back in the team. But, you know, it was, I always thought Scunthorpe would have, would have been all right. I was surprised they uh, they ended up getting dragged into it at the end. And, you know, I thought there's, there's enough quality in that in that sort of team to to do, to be all right. And obviously, on the last, come down to the last game of the season, you know, it was, it was a manic time for every club involved and, Obviously, we we got at Southend got to sort of the euphoria of it. Obviously, and you on the other end, which is unfortunate. Of course, Lincoln coming for you in January, and it's obviously a move closer to home for you. Was that was that a big factor in the decision to move to Lincoln? And were there any other clubs interested at the time? I mean, location wasn't a big a big factor because you know Essex is almost like a home to me now because uh, my sort of girlfriend is from from down here, has a business down here, and so you know I made it sort of a home down here. Um, but no, Lincoln. It was yeah, it was a surprise to be honest. That sort of, they come in obviously in January, and I'd just been back fit sort of a month or so. Um, but you know, obviously, club South ended up having a bit of difficult times financially, and and you know, and I think Lincoln were well aware of that um, in January, and they sort of made made the offer, and and it obviously accepted them. And then I think for me, I think obviously seeing how Lincoln's grown over the last few years from being around the area and. I think you can probably agree with me that you know it seems like a club that's on an upward upward trend. Or it has been the last couple of years for sure. And then I think I think after only conversation with Michael Appleton, you know, it, it was really sort of sold to me because you know I knew all about Lincoln. I, think I lived in Lincoln when I was at Scunthorpe, and, um, but I really wanted to sort of see where I fitted in his plans. And you know, he's he's meant to be an unbelievable coach. Well, he's an unbelievable coach, um, and so it was the way he wanted me to sort of come in and and how he could improve me, which was a big selling point for me. Just obviously, yeah, back to Scunthorpe then, and this season really, obviously down the bottom of League Two when the, when the season was cancelled. Um, obviously, a lot of faces have moved on from your time at the club, but are you surprised to see Scunthorpe down at the bottom there? Yeah, no, it's a shame because you know, obviously, I still know a lot of people at the club, and you know, it's it's a tough one because it's almost like the club are sort of feeling the effects now of the um, the two missed sort of playoff playoff runs. And it's sort of sort of like the hangover is only really hitting now in the, the aftermath of that. And I think the club have really found it difficult to rebuild rebuild a squad around obviously the players that they've lost over 
over the last couple of years. And yeah, I think I think the chairman's ambitious, or he is ambitious. Um, so I think it's, I think to be honest, I think it's probably been a good time now just to sort of re- hit the reset button almost for the club um, and to sort of get everything in line where they want where they want to go and and sort of get everyone buying into that. And then you know, obviously, I'd imagine they'll be. I have no doubt they'll be pushing that sort of the top end of League Two next year for sure. I think just to start wrapping up then, we'll go into a few general questions like we do on this series. Um, do you have a favourite game that you played in for your time with Scunthorpe? So obviously I've mentioned the Sheffield United one, which I really enjoyed almost, even though it ended in misery a bit. I'm not <laughs> I'll probably, which one would it be? I really enjoyed Blackpool away, Boxing Day. I think I scored. I did. I know I scored. Um, that was a really, really enjoyable game because obviously I think in years gone by we hadn't had much success at Blackpool, um, and you know I think I think that was just a, was a real tough shift from the from the group. And you know I think a Boxing Day to be away at somewhere like Blackpool is never never too fun. Um, so yeah, I enjoy, really enjoyed that one. I remember that one actually because I got stuck on the motorway and didn't think I was going to make kickoff. I actually missed kickoff and missed your goal. <laughs> uh, I think I, I turned off about twenty five minutes late. So uh, yeah, not not great, but uh, yeah, it was. It was a good game. I agree with you there. Yeah, no, uh, unlucky. Uh, I missed. That was probably one of my only right-footed goals. So, <laughs> do you have a favourite goal that you scored for the club? I mean, that would probably be one of them. I think. And I don't know if there's any more outside the six-yard box. I'd probably go with that one actually at Blackpool. Yeah, no, or or even the Sheffield United one. You know, just put to, to sort of score in a stadium like that is always nice. Who was the uh, favourite player you played with while you were at Scunthorpe? I'd probably have to say. Probably have to say Dwayne or Hacks, just because purely of I knew if they were running at a fullback that I all I had to do was get in the box. Or even Josh as well. I mean, Josh wouldn't have the pace like the other two did, but he'd all, always get the ball. And but I think I knew when I knew with Dwayne or Hacks, that as soon as they had the head down, right, I've just gone go get in the box, get across the front post, and they'll drill it across, and you know you've got a good chance here of a goal. So that was always always nice playing with them too, because you know they could create some out of nothing, you know. Some unbelievable ability and pace. Just to um, wrap up, then, can you summarise your time at Scunthorpe United? How would I summarise it? I think you know, obviously, loved it. You know, sort of giving me a chance to sort of bounce back, and you know, a lot to the club for that. And you know, I probably probably never hit the heights I wanted to or expected to or expected of me. Um, but then I also feel like I, I sort of there was a good return in there, and you know. I worked my socks off and wanted to do the best I could for the team. But, you know, it was ultimately bittersweet because obviously two two failed sort of playoff attempts. But, you know, again, success is in there, you know, to make the playoffs and to be in, to be in a dressing room with, you know, an unbelievable dressing room that was sort of, you know, all pushing or pulling in the right direction. You know, it was a joy to be part of and joy to be part of the club and, you know, to have that sort of close connection with the fans and, you know, it was brilliant. I think we will end it there. Uh, Tom, this has been really great chatting to you. It's been a really nice interview. So, you know, we wish you all the best for your future career. So thank you so much for joining us for this. Thank you very much. Not a problem. And thank you very much for listening to this episode and we'll see you on the next In Conversation.